Let's get back to another round of Bruise Day Tuesday with Drez and Big Nate. Bam! It is Bruise Day Tuesday, brought to you by the Cellar Restaurant and Six Pack Store in downtown Blacksburg. Great place to get on down there. Get yourself some some tasty brews. They've got a whole European section. They do. That they do, actually. I wonder if some of these might be featured there. Uh, I just popped the original Czech lager, and believe it or not, <laughs> it's Budweiser. Yes, Budweiser Budvar is what I just popped, owned by the Czech Republic. There is a story behind this, obviously. 5% ABV, and this is a 500 milliliter, or a, which I learned quickly. They essentially do it when you're at the brewery and stuff. Half a liter is pretty standard. That's their pint. They also offer a 0.3 liter option, which is more like a 12 ounce. So... I'm I'm terrible with the metric system. And their pint is more like our 20-ouncer-ish, if I'm not mistaken. So I, I'm it's not... It's like 19... It's the 19-point whatever, those new the new cans that you're seeing. I, I'm not the only pr- person who has a problem with the metric system. While you were uh, abroad, NASA released a story about a meteor they were tracking, or an asteroid. <laughs> okay. And... Uh, their headline was, we are tracking an asteroid that is the size of 72 eggplants. So anything to avoid using the metric system, NASA will do it. 72 eggplants. Yeah, I don't know if, I don't know if that's so good. No, it, it's really not. But uh, I, I do know that the other space programs have to use the imperial system because NASA is at the forefront and refuses to make the switch. But the metric system should be simple because it's all base 10. Yeah, you would think it would be easier all around the board, but it gets complicated in certain ways. But So this beer, some info about this, because I have the story of the Budweiser beer right in front of me because I went to the Prague Museum of Beer while I was over in Prague. And this was one of the stories that I found quite interesting. The history of brewing Czech Budweiser dates back to 1265. So they kind of have the claim. Budweiser Bergbra was founded in 1795. So the actual like this. Yeah. Yeah. By the city's German speaking citizens and started brewing Budweiser beer in 1802 to distinguish beer coming for... Uh, Budweiser from other regions, it was called Budweiser Beer. The company began shipping its beer to the United States in 1875. A year later, Adolphus Bush, that might sound familiar, a German immigrant to the United States and a businessman, encountered the brewery's Budweiser often during his visits to Europe. Thus, he decided to name his own beer Budweiser and brew it according to the Bohemian process. Basically a total ripoff. Budweiser, Budvar Brewery, and the American brewery Anheuser-Busch have engaged in an ongoing trademark dispute over the name Budweiser since the start of the 20th century. In 1939, only one week before the German occupation of Czechoslovakia, Budweiser Budvar agreed to concede 
exclusive rights in the United States to the American brewery. During World War II and the Cold War, Budweiser Budvar was unable to compete with then-independent Anheuser-Busch. And in 1994, then-Anheuser-Budvar decided not to sign a trademark agreement with the American brewery to divide their territory across the world. In 2010, Anheuser-Busch lost its last instance appeal in the European Court of Justice, meaning it may not register the name Budweiser as a European Union trademark for beer. Due to the trademark dispute, Budweiser Budvar beer is imported as Czechvar in Brazil, Canada, Mexico, Panama, Peru, Philippines, and the United States. And Anheuser-Busch sells its beer, Bud, and most of the European Union. So this is the OG Budweiser here. Yeah. And All the stuff that everyone's used to drinking around here is a knockoff. I was going to say. So I'm wondering. I've, 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 I've not tried this yet. So I'm... I almost uh, wish I had a normal bud to compare and contrast. Yeah, that that, that was my thought. That's, uh, I mean, it, it looks like a bud. It's better. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Traveled and from the homeland. No doubt. And also probably made with love as opposed to made with mass. Quantis, quantization. Yeah. All right. So read yours and I'll tell you the story behind that one. Because also I... I already knew I was going to bring that beer back, but then I heard and found out even more info about it, and I was like, okay, that's a definite. So I've I've seen these cans on European television, and I've never really like, – this is the first time I've ever held one in my hand, but it's Pilsner Urkel, which I think is like Steve Urkel's yeah. alter ego, Ur- Stefan Urkel. Urkel, yeah. <laughs> it's the original Pilsner brewed the original way. And uh, dying to know what that is, of course, this one also has the uh, ingredients list in not one, not two, but four different languages. Nice. So I brought that one and I was planning to bring that one anyways, because that is the big brewery that's right in Prague. We drove by it and we ran by it. And um, as we were actually at one point when we were running... And I'll talk, I'll talk more about the race later on, but there was this huge, huge, I don't think it might've even been inflatable, but it might've just been a banner that actually crossed the road. And it was just a hand holding that beer. And at one point, BB looked back to me and she was like, look, babe, there's your inspiration to keep running. And I was just, just run towards that. I was like, okay, I will. And then of course that's where the brewery was. But so the story behind that, and instead of me reading the complete factoid I took a picture of from the Prague Beer Museum. Long story short, I mean, maybe I'll read a little bit of it. The citizens of Pilsen, I guess, were not satisfied with the top fermented beer, so much so that they were publicly like dumping out big vats of the other stuff because they just like some sort they, of weird they didn't tea like party. It. So, long story short, they uh, they found that there's this other style of brewing process that the Belgians were doing. They could work quite well with the water around that area, Bohemia water in the Czech area. And they switched it up a little bit. They hired a Bavarian brewer uh, to come over. And on October 5th, 1842, they produced the first batch of Urkel beer, which is characterized by the use of soft Bohemia water, very pale malt, and Seaz hops. Is the fir- it was first served in public in houses on the 11th of November of 1842 and very positively received by the populace 
And it was on that day in the city of Pilsen, Pilsner Urkel was born, the grandfather of all Pilsners. So that is the very first Pilsner beer. I mean, they want it to be known. They are the OG on Pilsners. But imagine the logistics back in the day. Like, you can't just make a Facebook event. Hey, we got this new beer. You should... Come try it. <laughs> like you have to like put an ad in the newspaper at that point and hope to God people show up. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really know. I guess word of mouth. Uh, I mean, I, I and honestly, well, let's be honest. That's pubs. You know where people were congregating. It probably wouldn't be that hard to be like, oh, there's this new big, there's a new beer that's awesome. You got to try because it. it will be. You're ahead of marketing. Is just going to pubs all day. Think about just a newly invented style of beer when back then, how few there were. Yeah. I mean, now there's, I, I mean, I can't even imagine. I can't even count how many styles of beer. But back then, in 1840s, yeah. Eh, you know, it was quite limited. So if there's all of a sudden a light beer, it was pretty much the first of its kind. So quite a, a uh, pioneer in that regard. So Prague, dude, Prague is awesome. <laughs> first things first. Another factoid I learned at the Beer Museum. Actually, I knew this prior to going in, but I actually saw it on a... I like that there's a Beer Museum. I saw it distributed. I mean, there was a lot of cool stuff in the Beer Museum. But Czech Republic consumes the most beer per capita than any other country. And I figured out why. Because I kid you not, when we went to every restaurant that we went to, beer is cheaper... (laughs) Then water. <laughs> BB would order water and I would order beer and mine would be cheaper. No joke. I mean, it's just, it is essentially the more popular, th- it's just what everybody drinks. They also have the highest rate of dehydration per capita. I don't know. If I, I'd like to see the figures on that. <laughs> ER related or ER visits due to dehydration. No. But Prague, Prague was really cool, man. Such a cool city. It, I mean, everywhere you went, there was, yeah, like beer gardens. Uh, and just, it was more the vibe of what I was expecting. See, Berlin has a lot of the history, a lot of the war stuff. But thankfully, Prague, I think, is one of the few cities that wasn't really touched at all yep. during the wars. So everything is just so, every, basically everything is from the 1400s, essentially. And just all the history and the streets are just, it's so small and, and you're weaving through this area and that area. And it's just, it was so cool, man. So I, I know Berlin had kind of a laissez-faire attitude towards drinking. Does Prague also have that similar, like, you know, you can walk down the street drinking this beer? I, I think I did that a couple times. It wasn't, and it wasn't, it's not like what you were thinking, like New Orleans you know, it's Bourbon Street sort of deal. Where like, it's not like that. It's just that, you know, if you have a drink, it's take it together. Yeah, nobody cares. It's it's yeah. cool. You know, it's not not stressed. I guess. No, and 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 that's my point. I I think Bourbon Street is what it is because of kind of the American attitude towards drinking. I think that's the reason you run into a situation where if if hey, every- I'm gonna go get this hurricane and. Uh, because I'm you can't, you can do it here, so yeah. I'm going to do it. Exactly. Whereas if if you can do it normally, most people it's aren't. Just not a thing. Yeah, exactly. I think that's exactly what it was. So so we go to Prague, 
first night we're there, BB had booked a like proper Czech dinner at this thing called the Folklore Garden. So they came and they pick us up and you go and it's sort of like a, you know, you're sitting at big tables. They do like a big show and everything. And I didn't realize this, but, and I guess it makes sense in hindsight, but you know, we're waiting outside, a van pulls up and we get in and there's already like an, an Asian couple in the van. So we sit in the back seat. Then we go and pick up another couple and it's like an old couple from Latvia, Latvia. So then we roll up together, all six of us, because we all shuttled in. Isn't that a quiet van ride? It was extremely, I mean, not a word spoken. They were blasting some some radio station. I couldn't understand a word of it, but we get there and then we then we come to find out that we're all going to be seated together. <laughs> So, and, and we show up and the place is empty. Like, I don't know if we got there early or what, but it was essentially all of us. And they're like, here's your table. And I was going to sit by BB, but then it's like two, two, and then people sent across. So then it was kind of confusion. Like, oh, these people want, but nobody, nobody like, speaks the same speak language. The same language. So it was, it was a bit awkward to say the least at the beginning of it, but Thankfully, this this dinner was they welcomed you with like a little glass of mead and there was all you can drink beer and wine. You know, we got a couple drinks and then next, you know, we're talking to the old couple from Latvia that speak very little English. They're old and we got a band playing all this music, but we're able to communicate a little bit. BB talks to the Asian lady to her left who speaks a bit of English it turns out it's her father that she's with who doesn't speak a lick of English, but they start talking and eventually like it was a great night and everybody were getting photos together, group photos, you know, the ladies coming around and getting pictures of the couples and does the, the whole table and then they try and sell it to you at the end. Yeah. And they all buy their pictures and the old couple even bought the whole group photo, <laughs> the print of that. They That's wanted, so they wanted that one. No, but then. The Asian couple wanted it too and went and actually asked if they would print another one of the whole group table. We got both of their numbers and stuff. So if we ever go to Tokyo or Latvia, we got a place to stay because we were like good friends with these people now. Was- I'm, I'm so glad because <laughs> I'm so glad you shared that story because when I saw that picture, I was like, oh, there's something here. And it's funny because at the very beginning, it was so awkward and weird. They're like, BB even turns to me is like, should we just go? <laughs> like this night is gonna be terrible, but it's just thankfully, I was uncomfortable. Like, I was like, "Come on, we're we're here. Like we're we're doing this," and it was it was a good time. I we, I'm shocked that she said, "Should we just go?" That that feels more like you. No, I'd I'd ride things out. I, I you know you know free beer and she seems to like be all aboard for any experience. Yeah, well, in case Which, in point, she had a great was, time. Yeah. yeah, she so no, that's perfect. It worked out really good. We uh, we went on a ghost walking tour, which was interesting. The highlight of which, like the, the, I've never been on a ghost walking tour, so I have no basic comparison. But BB has been on a few, and she said it was terrible. <laughs> so she was she was saddened that it was it was my first one. But on the tour, I did learn and walk by the house that not it's not only where Amadeus Mozart lived. It's also where they filmed the house where that he lived in, in the movie Amadeus. So then 
basically the whole rest of the time. I, apparently, Mozart lived there for a number of years. That's where he moved, where he was like a rock star. And, he was like um, Jim Morrison. Yeah. And so he loved it there. And that's one of the big claim to fames of Prague is that one, that's probably the biggest figure. Or There was a lot of, there's this guy, oh gosh, some writer, Fra, Franz... Franz Kafka or something. Franz Kafka wrote Kafka. the Metamorphosis. I guess I don't, I don't know. They love it. They, he's he's got statues and stuff. He's popular there, but uh, but Amadeus that's a big one. Einstein also lived there and taught at the university. They love them some Amadeus. And then we went on another walking tour the next day and went to a place where they yeah filmed some more stuff. For, they basically filmed the movie Amadeus in Prague, which was pretty cool. So that was that was nice. I you know. <clears throat> Apparently, uh, Mozart was not like the most successful composer in his time. There was another guy who like just regularly like, yeah, obviously they didn't have like the Billboard Hot 100 at the time, but mm -hmm. like regularly outperformed him and was just like rolling in riches. But like Mozart didn't give a crap and kind of just partied like he uh, had all the money in the world. So like he he really was from what I understand like truly a rock star. Yeah, well, and then I and in hindsight maybe that's and the way that he did it is how he got popular even after his death. Like he that's died it. he died young, and then the legacy lives on. We don't yeah. remember the other guy's name. <laughs> yep, I don't at least. Uh, what else did we do? We did the beer museum. The beer museum. One of the other highlights and cool things was you can bottle your own beer, and while. Everybody else that went there did not pay the extra 10 bucks or whatever it was to do that. But I do have here from uh, the Beer Museum in Prague. One, this was actually, we went after the run. So I have Drez's Tired Legs Lager uh, right there. Original Czech lager bottled by Drez Drinks. My, my souvenir. So, from, so they, you know what? Speaking of souvenirs, that's practical as well. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it was, I'm glad it made it back. And honestly, I even thought about drinking it on the show. But then once I calculated and figured out what other beers, I was like, okay, I'll keep it capped and that'll be just a souvenir beer. So, so that's, that's pretty fun that I got that from there. Um, another thing that we did was we went to the Anonymous Bar. Have you heard of Anonymous? We are anonymous. Yeah. Yes, that we are. So for those that don't know, obviously Nate's even got their like catchphrase down or whatever. Um, the anonymous hackers group, they're also associated with like kind of V for Vendetta. So it had that theme along with it. But we went to this bar where it's kind of a, I wouldn't say underground. It was kind of speakeasy-ish like you. It's not very well labeled. You kind of had to see the door and then go in through it. And then there's like a little gardens and then you see that through there. We went during the day, which maybe put, I thought it was going to be underground, but we went, so we went a little earlier. So it was still daylight. So it didn't have as weird of a vibe as I imagined, but I bet at night it would, but they still did like these, like the first cocktail menu they gave us was based on like the V for Vendetta. And then they had a specialty cocktail menu, and then they, and then the next batch, they took those cocktail menus and they brought a keyboard, and then it was like you know the hackers group anonymous thing, and they gave you like a black light, 
and you could look at it, yeah, the to keys find the, to see what see what password. the things were. So it was pretty cool. It was an interesting theme. The girl was like when they were mixing the, they did one mixed drink where they lit it on fire and we're like tossing it around and I'm looking for the nearest <laughs> exit to see if this goes wrong. Um, but, uh, and, and like, you know, every now and then they ha- they have like the V for Vendetta masks. So then it's like the bartenders when they throw that on and then like the lights, the lights go down and then it's just behind the bar just every now and then it just like flashes like kind of strobe light-ish, but not quite. It was, it was a bit eerie, a little weird, but the thing that kind of put me off was they were playing just like regular ass, like <laughs> there was like DMX playing and and like <laughs> House of Pain or whatever. Lose my yeah, mind. like it was just I was like I was like this isn't quite wasn't quite what we had anticipated, but it was still cool. I'm just, you know it's good this that we went. This doesn't really match the vibe. Like get some techno going. I don't know something. <laughs> okay, one last thing I want to talk about Prague, and then and then I got they gotta got to get into the race, but. One of the things in Prague, like I said, everything is old. Everything is from like the 1400s. They have the Prague Astronomical Clock. Have you heard about this? Do you know about this? I didn't know either. It is, and our our walking tour guy, we had already seen it because we we were right by like the Prague kind of center square and super touristy spot. This cool looking clock, you know, you take a picture of it. And then on the tour, thankfully, we got some more information. And what he told us was that it is the second most, is voted the second most overrated tourist spot in Europe after the Mona Lisa. (laughs) And, but after, then he described and told me all about it. And I was like, I was, I loved it. I, I thought it was the coolest thing about Prague. So basically this clock is on the side of a church. It's huge. And this was built back in 1410. And it is still working to this day. This is the longest like movement clock that at the top of the hour, there's these four like figures that all move and do something. The doors, two doors at the top open and the 12 apostles cycle through and all come up to the window and like look around, whatever. There's also like a golden bird that moves and does something. But whatever, that's all cool that it's still functioning after all these years, 600 years. really tacky. But the other thing that's cool about it is it has on the clock, you know, a clock basically, but there's also a moving moon and sun that coincide with like the eclipse and whatnot and the, the moon will like rotate. So when we were there, it was a full moon that night. So it was totally silver and the sun also moves or the whole little dial thing moves so like it's it shows like in the summertime it basically will so show where the sun is going to set and the sun is going to rise and so that little circle will move throughout the clock in the year depending on where the sun will rise and and there's a astrological clock in there as well so it shows so while we were there that it was in like taurus and the Taurus one is bigger because with the way the clock is and the sun and the way it moves. So it does, it keeps track of the signs, the 
all, all this stuff. It does all this stuff from 14 to yeah, so, it's yeah. still like spot on. And there's a, a, a normal calendar too. That's that's it's, not an overrated tourist attraction dude, at all. It that's was cool just, as hell. And, and it's beautiful. Of course, that, it's that's built a from feet of engineering. It's it really is phenomenal. And so we uh, you know we like to get magnets from wherever we go. And we were just walking and I wouldn't even, you know, I just spotted it. You know, it was one of those little souvenir shops and there's just this huge magnet. It's the biggest magnet that we have now, but it was like a recreation of the clock that you could spin and all the stuff that moves and does stuff moves. I was like, dude, this That's is so cool. Yeah. So I was thoroughly impressed with the Prague astrological clock that is still working like perfectly I, fine. I, 600 years later. That's amazing. I wonder how like. Because obviously they don't do daylight savings time. That's that's an American. Oh thing. yeah, it was so the, uh, not that I mean the normal clock was set right, but the the sun one of them was off by like an hour because of that. So that was the that was okay. Like you know, but hey, that's just because we're stupid and yeah. we change things. I don't I don't like it. Let's go back. Let's keep the clock the way it is. I I agree. I'm all for. Clock standardization. All right, here's what we gotta do. We gotta we gotta untap these beers because I got I still got two more. Yeah, I mean, this is a long trip. We haven't even talked about the race yet. So let's untap these bad boys. This Budweiser is way better than any normal Budweiser. I can tell you that right now. If you gotta get a drink a Budweiser, drink a Budweiser Budvar. It is so much better, more crisp. It's just more flavorful. Uh, I mean, again, I don't regularly drink Bud. I think is Bud five percent. I bet it probably is, because yeah. they just totally copied them as best they can. But yeah. uh, this is the uh, the OG, and you got to show them love. And it actually came from where it's from. So I'm going to give this. Believe it or not, I've, I'm sure I've never given a Budweiser a four before. But that's what that's what this one's getting, man. It's good. All right. So Pilsner is not my thing, but uh, the original Pilsner brewed the original way. Um, Honestly, if if they all tasted like this, I would I would be more on board. It doesn't have a lot of the, it, it it's much lighter. It doesn't have like that lingering aftertaste, which is what I don't love about pilsners and lagers. And uh, I I'm gonna go ahead. I will actually give this a oh wait hold on on the side of the label, eighteen and up. Oh, uh, that's right. Drinking age is eighteen over there. And uh, I I thought it was sixteen. Is it I thought it was maybe it is 18, once you're done but, with bottles, but yeah, it's 18, yeah. 18 and up. I'm going to go ahead and I'll give this a four and a quarter. Four and a quarter. There you go. All right. So we're going to take a break. We're going to drink a couple more. And I got to tell you about the Race. marathon and how it went better for some than others. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you what went down. Coming up, Bruce Day Tuesday. Stick around. <laughs> 